this week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I found this difficult because so many of the moments are so good. Hello, and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And today is a very special episode where we're going to talk about our general thoughts on season four. Yeah, tons of episodes. Well, right. We've watched all of season four, if you're just tuning into this one for the first time. Yeah, This yeah. is a weird episode. It's a weird one. Where we're going to recap our favorite moments and episodes. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to, Brian? Since, what, yesterday? Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah, we, we recorded the season finale episode yesterday, so... Yeah, we're doing some weird stuff for the podcast, though. We've, we're have we in separate rooms now. We used to be in the same room. Stacy made little soundproof boxes that we essentially put our microphones in, and that helped that it was still all kinds of, like, picking each other up and distortion. So now we're in different rooms, each of us recording on our different computers using different recording programs. But it somehow sounds maybe better? Yeah, and we called each other. So I'm, I'm talking to Stacey on the phone right now. Yeah, it's, it's less personal. Yeah. But, um... Probably better overall. Yeah, I'd rather not see you. I'm kidding. I love you. We couldn't see each other anyway because of those sound boxes. The box, yeah. But I also love you. Oh. I'm excited though because tonight we're probably going to start season five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many questions need to be answered. If you're not busy, I don't, we hadn't really decided for sure. I thought about watching a movie like Bram Stoker's Dracula or something. Because Buffy's Dracula? I'm sorry, what? Because Buffy is Dracula? I don't understand. Because the Buffy episode is Dracula? What's the corner? Now you're just being rude. Yeah, yeah. Stacy's got the first episode title spoiled. It's like it's hard when you're like watching it on Hulu and like it's just like, oh, you want to know what's going on in the next week's episode? I also make the scripts for these podcasts and we say at the end of this one what we're watching next week. Yeah, and honestly, the next episode of Buffy, season five, episode one, is like a pretty like blatant t- episode title. It's Buffy versus Dracula. I mean, how far into the episode do we get before we realize it's Dracula? Uh, at the very end. No. No, pretty much immediately. All right, Brian, should we uh, dive into this? Let's do it. Let's start with Gilmore Girls. Okay. Brian, why don't you tell them what happened in season four, all of it? Right. So season four is all about Rory going to college and experiencing college life. You know, the hardships of going to like a Ivy League school. Uh, and the hardships of being uh, away from her mother or not having that support system and also just being like, and I'm, you know, she used to be a big fish in a small pond. She's in a much bigger pond now. She's also just encountering a lot more adult situations that are going to test her. Also, it's about Lorelai getting her in up and running, her own personal in the Dragonfly Inn. It's also about the relationship between Richard and Emily and some developments that occur between them and it is strained. It's also about a man being introduced named uh, Jason Stiles, a.k.a. Digger, and he is a business partner of Richard's, so this whole season is a lot about Richard's new business with Jason, but he's also a new love interest for Lorelai, a very quick, very funny, very intelligent man that Lorelai falls for against her better judgment. And finally, I guess it's about Luke's love life, kind of? I mean, ultimately, very much so. Yeah, but like 
so much of his love life is on the back burner for most of the season. Right. There's a late Luke and Lorelai love story. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's hard to be like, that's what this whole season's about. Like, I would say most of season four, Rory's relationship with what's his face is brewing, though. With Dean. Mm-hmm. What's his face? You, you forgot one of the main characters from the show? I remember names. I just didn't think we were speaking his name. Okay. We don't speak his name anymore after what he did. And a little bit of jazz. He pops in from time to time. He does. Yeah, I mean, those are the main things. Lorelai uh, and her relationship with Jason and her starting the inn. Mm-hmm. Rory struggling a little bit in college and just college life in general. And Richard and Emily also struggling in their relationship a bit. Yeah. Well, Brian and I, as always, came up with a list of our top five moments of each season for each show. Yeah, we did. And uh, I've got five here ready to go for Gilmore Girls. I had a really hard time. I had like 15 and I've tried to narrow them down. I might throw in some honorable mentions, um, yeah. but, but I think I have narrowed it to five. I hope you say the ones that I didn't. It's going to be tough. I feel like a couple of these are going to overlap. They generally do. All right, Brian, what is your number five moment from Gilmore Girls season four? Okay. Um, it's got to be, uh, this is tough. I told you. This is, this is very tough. But I guess I would have to say... Uh, you don't know. <sighs> Richard double-crossing Jason. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It was a great episode. It was tick, 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 boom. It's a great episode all around. Lots of drama. But the big twist at the end is like the jaw-dropping moment when you find out that Richard is going to double-cross Jason, go back to, into business with the man who he had kicked him out of his business, essentially, and just throw Jason into the cold with no prospects of working again in the city. It's shocking. Yeah, you don't see it coming. You feel like that's not what's going to happen, that he's going to work it out with Jason, but that's not the case. I found this difficult because so many of the moments are so good, but like I've seen them and I know them. So things like maybe like Luke and Laura like kissing, I just yeah. I know that moment. So it, it wasn't as like impactful for me to see it. So I, I tended to gravitate a bit towards things I didn't remember as much. Yeah. But even the moment you just described, though, I, I knew it was coming, and that was one of those where I was still like, oh, yeah, that is good TV, ASP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear my number five? I do. It's the glass apples. Mm, yeah. When Emily, you know, spends all day at the mall, she's got to freak out about her relationship with Richard, and she's like, what do you think of these apples? And Richard's like, yep, I've always loved those. No, you have not, Richard. She just got them. That scene's just delicious. Like, the tension of, like, the clock ticking of them just, like, silently sitting in their tense relationship woes. Yeah, totally. Oof. Such a good end to that episode. It's funny, too, though, because it's sort of like, what do you think of this? But personally, I side with Richard in the regard that, like, I don't care. You just have all kinds of shit on the table. You're just constantly like, oh, I spent a bunch of money on some bullshit to, like, spruce up this table. But his line about, like, I've always loved those is like, well, that's just a lie, Richard. That's not. Right. Like, like, just say they're nice, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Be surprised. Or be like, oh, I didn't notice that. But just saying you've always liked them is like, oh, you're just lying. You don't care about her feelings at all. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, love Richard. But that was a, a moment where he didn't come across great. Yeah. When I say I love Richard, I mean, he's obviously very flawed. Oh, yeah. That makes for a good character. Yeah, of course. All right, Brian. What's your number four? Um, it's, you know, it's so tough. It's hard. But I think for number four, I'm going to go with Luke taking care of Dean. Oh, in the bachelor party? Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> I don't know. 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 Did you not prepare a list? I did, but like, I honestly, I put more than five. And 
I, I just know you're going to have the same like top three as me. So I'm like trying to shuffle a bit here. I don't know if that's true. We can overlap too. We'll go over our honorable mentions. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to so say that's an honorable mention. Okay. <laughs> we'll do our honorable mentions in whatever order we see fit. <laughs> okay. So then uh, the fourth one would be um, Richard and Emily at the Yale Harvard game. Okay. This is, it's definitely on my list. It's like my number seven. It didn't make it, but oh, it wanted to. It was just so fun to see them like out of their normal roles because mm-hmm. they're so prim and proper. And like here they are in just like sweatshirts, like drinking and have, I mean, they drink at home, but it's very proper, but they're just like drinking out of flasks. And there was just something about like Emily bringing a bone to the dog. I was like, that's just like so not Emily. Yeah, there's so many great moments in this episode. And it, it humanized them a lot because it was like, yeah, they're these people we've always known, but like they had fun when they were kids. We got a taste of that last season when Richard brought Emily there, but like I felt like this really paid that off. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, and they love, and it really was like this is why they wanted Rory to go there because like they could share this part of themselves with Rory. Yeah, this silly part, hum- very human, very silly, not high minded. We're just here to have a good time and be like a family, like a bigger family, part of the school family. So uh, I liked that a lot. I love this episode. I didn't yeah. pick it as my favorite, but it's it's on the list of my favorites when I was making a list. Yeah. It's not perfect, so it can't win, but it was up there. And yours? My number four is basically your number five, just that whole last sequence of Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm-hmm. Just that whole dinner was really nice. Like, the all the stuff on the patio, there were some really funny lines. Yeah. The, like, ambiance of the cigar scene was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talked about it, but Tick, Tick, Boom's great. All that tension at the end was terrific. Oh, yeah, it was great. All right, what's your number three? My number three, of course, is going to be Richard telling tricks off and Emily loving every moment of it. Okay. This is probably your, like, number one. Uh, it's my number two. It was just so satisfying. And, and I, it was so satisfying for one because, like, someone needed to tell her off at some point. Yeah. But number two was just also funny in addition to being cathartic. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, watching Emily just eat this, uh, making a meal out of this, just loving it. My number two is specifically the Emily portion of this, her being delighted yeah. by tricks being told off by her son, who's always in her corner. Yeah. I mean, honestly, his he lets tricks say far too many things about Emily that he shouldn't let her do. Yeah. So that's a flaw with Richard. But this just scene was just delicious. Scrumptious. Um, a lot of our moments are pretty Emily and Richard focused, Brian. Not all of mine are. Mine either, but maybe most of them. I agree. You agree that most of mine are... <laughs> No, I agree that most of, I agree, we both have similar, and a lot of them are Richard and Emily focused. I don't know what that says about us. I mean, Rory wasn't that great this season. A lot of the season, she was kind of floundering. Well, I mean, I I just don't feel like there was as many like, oh my God, what a great scene with Rory moments. There's plenty of good, great Rory moments, but not like jaw dropping. Oh my God, we got to call everyone about this. Mm -hmm. There is one. Yeah. uh, For sure. And I feel like there's a bunch of Rory moments that just like are great, but they don't make the top five. My number three is Kirk's date with Lulu at Luke's. Oh, yes. That was great. Specifically him going behind the counter mid-date to get advice from Luke. He like startles Luke. And then Luke's like, you know, man, I don't know why this is going great. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is. And Kirk's like, you take that back. Just in denial about how well it's going. It was just so funny. And i that was a moment I didn't really remember at all. Yeah. So it was very fun to watch. I love Luke and, and Kirk together. Because, like, Luke is, like, so over Kirk and, like, rolling his eyes. But he's not 
He's still helpful, though, to Kirk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, uh, fuck you, Kirk, in his head. But, like, he still does try to help Kirk. So often, yeah. Okay. What's your number two? Well, my number two, which I'm sure is your number one, is Emily and Richard's uh, behavior after Trix dies. That is my number one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. It's iconic. So, I mean, obviously, Richard is just, like, totally distraught because his mother's dead and, like, he was a huge mama's boy. He loved his mother. This whole episode was great, but he, it's just funny to see him who's, like, this stoic man of reason, generally, right? Just being, like, a disheveled, drunken mess, just bawling all the time. Mm -hmm. And then also because Emily finds that letter from Trix that was essentially begging him to leave her at the altar... She has just decided to start smoking again and drinking and just hanging out in a bathrobe instead of helping prepare for the funeral. Yeah. So funny. Again, like the Yale one, it's just like, oh, this is a side of them we don't normally see. I mean, so literally. Yeah. Like the the actors got to do something different, which was very fun. Yeah. So many good lines from both of them. Richard, like, Mm -hmm. hugging Jason. Yeah. Both just so disheveled the entire episode. Emily smoking so much is very funny. Yep. I think I've heard that that actress smokes quite a bit. Yeah? Yeah. What I want to know is, what is your number two scene? I think we've talked about all mine. We just have to go over your number one. Well, why don't you do some of your honorable mentions, since I've already covered your all top of mine. two scenes. Okay, I'll start from the bottom here. The, the final moments of the finale. Yeah. The Luke and Lorelai kiss, and Lorelai coming home and finding Rory. Uh, we got drunk Luke. Mm, yeah, yeah. When he cut his hand and he's drunk at Lorelai's house, ranting about Jess or whatever. Yeah, what Jess told him about himself. But he's clearly into Lorelai. When Trix dies and Doyle is trying to relate to Rory about his dead grandmother, and Glenn is like offended. Oh yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> that Rory's getting away with this. It was her great grandmother. Did you not hear her just say that? <laughs> <laughs> we got the Jason and Lorelai on the phone with Emily separately. Oh yeah, that whole that was interaction was very funny. When Lorelai's mm-hmm. like, Are "You sleeping with my mom?" He's like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. Um, just shout out to Mrs. Kim. So many great little moments from her. Yeah. The marriage jug, where she didn't know what the fuck Lane was talking about. That was very funny. <laughs> we got to give it up for that wacky Friday night dinner, where Emily and Richard are clearly separated. That's on my mes- mentions, for sure. The one where they had just split up and were not prepared at all for uh-huh. the daughters. And another Friday night dinner that I love is when Jason cons his way into Friday night dinner. Yeah. And then that actual Friday night dinner where he's like trying to figure out where Lorelai would want to go on a date, but he like plays it off like he's charming Emily. Right, right. That was very fun to watch. And can we just talk about Jason in general? Do you like him? People hate him. A lot of people don't like him. People don't think they have chemistry. No, they have chemistry. They totally have chemistry. I would say they have more chemistry than she had with Christopher. I don't know if that's true. Okay. I feel like for me, they have similar banter. I feel like she maybe has more physical chemistry with Christopher. I agree with you on that. But I, as far as like banter, like I feel like he's probably even quicker than she is. Yeah, Jason is really quick. And I enjoyed watching them together. And I don't really understand why people dislike him so much. I mean, he's clearly a placeholder. Yeah. I mean, it, he doesn't really feel like endgame. He's also very aggressive. Yeah. And I think that like... That's a pro Anacon, but it does rub me the wrong way. Like, the first time he meets Lorelai, he's just, like, very aggressively pursuing her. Yeah, but I think ultimately he's not a bad guy. No, I don't know that he's a bad guy. I just mean that he is, like, very aggressive. So I could see how some people would, like, be turned off by that. People are also very weirded out when he asks her to sleep in another room and by his dog. The dog thing is whatever. It's a weird dog. 
I don't, yeah. it doesn't bother me. And him asking her to sleep in another room, he's like very clear with why and that he doesn't want her to leave. He just like yeah. literally cannot sleep and he's a busy man that needs to sleep. Right. It's maybe a weird thing you'd have to get past in your relationship, but I don't know that it's like, oh my God, this guy, don't be with him. But yeah, I I enjoy them together. I mean, I'm not saying I, I don't want to see her and Luke get together. The show wants us to want that. But I, I feel like people like really actively hate Jason. I don't think so far, at least, there's any reason to actively hate Jason. Okay. I honestly feel like he's been a good boyfriend. I have some issues with their first date. I thought that was horrible. Sure. But once they started dating, they were into each other. He didn't want to lie to Richard. She made him mm-hmm. lie to Richard. Mm-hmm. But he also didn't throw that, at least so far, he didn't throw that into her face when things blew up. Yeah, you can argue he did some weird, shitty things early on, but, like, lately, no. And they were dating very intensely, and they break up because he's suing her dad, which she sort of has to do. Then she just moves on to Luke, and, like, I don't know, it's just, like, I mean, I don't blame him for being, like, we should be able to get back together. Like, we were almost living together. Right. And now we're nothing? It's been two weeks. Like, how could your feelings go away? Like, were they ever real if in two weeks you you just don't even care? Yeah, totally. I don't blame Lorelai for moving on because she's had Luke on the back burner for a long time. But I also don't blame him for being, like, assuming they could get back together. Yeah, he has no idea if she's doing stuff with Luke. Yeah. Well, I do have one more honorable mention, but I have a feeling it'll be your number one. So if it's... You son of a bitch. Let me do my number if one If it's not, then, we'll you... talk about it. Okay. What is it, Brian? It's Jess expressing his gratitude to Luke. Yeah. All I wrote down was Luke and Jess, because Jess isn't in this season a ton, but pretty much every time he is, it's a very adorable conversation with Luke. But that last moment in the wedding episode is what you're talking about? Yeah. I feel like this season, even though he's only been around a little bit, has done like so much to redeem his character. Like specifically like him, you know, Luke comes and like berates him essentially. It makes him feel bad about not coming to his mother's wedding. So he comes, which is very not like Jess, but also he does the work by reading this book about like how to communicate and it doesn't work with him and Rory. He's not mature enough to make it work with him and Rory yet. Yeah, he he's figured things out with Luke for sure. Not really at all with Rory. Right, and I think that's fair. I, I, I think it would be silly to be like, oh no, he's just figured everything out and he's totally unflawed now, you know? Like, I'm glad that they didn't have him fix things with Rory because I don't think I would believe that. But I do feel like he's always, at some part of him, realized that Luke has gone the extra mile from him and he owes Luke mm-hmm. for that. Even if he couldn't, until this episode, actually express those feelings. It was beautiful. It really was. I've always liked him and Luke's like moments together. And they've always been subtle, but this was, like, not subtle, which I like, because it was like, no, I have to say it, because you deserve to hear it, essentially. Yeah. It probably deserved to be higher on my list, but um, I, I have it at number six, and I figured you'd say it. I just thought the writing for that, the scenes with him and Luke were fantastic, and believable, and well-acted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was my favorite moment, I think, this season, is when he, like, stays around to tell Luke, thank you. Now, I think the shit Jess did, like, you'll notice one of my top moments was not Jess, like, showing up and begging Rory to run away with him to New York to, like, figure something out together. Right. But um, the moment with Luke was great. Okay, so we've talked about our top five moments. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them overlapped because there were some just really bright, luminous moments. And let's be honest, there were a few bad moments in both shows. And we've decided, instead of doing, like, top five worst moments, we're just going to each say, like, the one moment we didn't like from each season. We usually cheat and do some dishonorable mentions, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So my number one yeah. worst moment 
and I'm sure this is on no one's list but my own, so don't worry, <laughs> is Lorelai borrowing Luke's truck. <laughs> I It's on my list because it is quite unattractive, but I, I figured either you'd say it or, I mean, it's not truly my worst. Honestly, like, they treat it like it's this kooky, funny thing she did, but really it's like that's not what a good person or (laughs) good friend does. She took his car, even though he had plans for it. She does not know how to drive a stick, so she's ruining the transmission on this car. She drives it to Yale, loses his spare tire, and then ends up, like, dumping this, like, old mattress on him to deal with. I gotta say, the the website we use to remind ourselves of all the episodes is, like, very much on your team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably read it, right? There's like a some episodes there's like a couple lines about, but this one had like a huge paragraph and half of it was about how much she disrespected his truck. She did, man. It was just like, are you really? Yeah. I, I it honestly, it like bothered me. I'm like, are we not going to address this more show? Like, she's. I think people remember that episode very fondly, and a lot of it is nice. But yeah, that really was like. It's funny, yeah. That's not very nice to your friend, Lorelai. Yeah. Okay, my least favorite moment is from the first episode of the season, and it's Taylor making Rory feel bad for not being the ice cream queen. Oh yeah. It's just so much of the episode. Yeah. Or scenes with him, and it's like not fun. It's so mean. I don't know. It just it made me worry about season four. You know what's funny about that is on one of my good scene honorable mentions is Rory turning him down. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, she was just, he was just using her photo, and I was like, yeah, fucking rip him a new one. Fuck that guy. Couple dishonorable mentions was when Emily like lost her mind laughing about the potential of Lorelai dating Jason. Yeah, and then like Lorelai freaking out about Luke in the Bells episode. Yes. At some point, it's like, just leave him alone. But I also really like when the priest sees them with the bells and is like, oh, thank God, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. You think they're going to get caught? And he's like, no, I'm all about it. Uh, well, yeah, that was some bad stuff we just went over. It was. <laughs> but a very good season. Yeah, very good season. Probably my favorite season so far of Gilmore Girls. Wow. It was well written. I mean, there, like I said, we found flaws in it, but like. There's definitely a few duds early on. Some of the earlier episodes aren't that good. Sure. But pretty much from. Episode like 12 on out is so solid. Mm-hmm. That episode where Jess comes to town and Liz shows up. Yeah. Everything after that is like very good. Yeah. And honestly, this wasn't like a moment, but like I just really loved what they did with Luke's relationship with Liz too. Like she shows up, they're not on good terms, but like over the course of several episodes, they become close again. Mm-hmm. And we meet TJ and he undermines our expectations by being dumb, but like not a bad dude. Actually, kind of a good dude. Yeah. So I really liked that storyline. Didn't make my top five moments, but like that storyline was really good. And I was like, I like this. It was believable and I liked it. Liz is a bit much. Yeah. That scene where Liz mistakes Lorelai for Luke's wife and then like proceeds to tell her her entire story even after she finds out she's just a friend. It was like, okay, <laughs> this is not believable writing. Or I know. <laughs> right now. But the rest of that whole storyline was really quite good. So what do you think the best episode of season four was? I mean, I have a list of five, but I, I think I ultimately <laughs> decided on the season finale, Raincoats and Recipes, mm-hmm. just because there's not a lot wrong with it. Yeah. What about you? The same. Yeah. Um, real quick, my top five includes Tick, Tick, Boom, probably number two, Raining Lorelei, the one with Trix's funeral, mm-hmm. Ted Koppel's Big Night Out, that's the Yale game, and also The Incredible Singing Lorelei is a really cool episode. Yeah, the episode where the two women cry into some married men's arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Setting up the season finale, really. 
Yeah. But it was so, like, I was going through, like, from the beginning, I was like, oh, these aren't so great. And then I get, like I said, about episode 12, and I was like, oh, no, these are all on my list. Yeah, these are all good. But Raincoats and Recipes was very, very good. Not a whole lot of bad stuff to say about it. No, it was great. Great TV. Not everyone made the best decisions in the episode, but great TV. Mm -hmm. Do you have any predictions for season five? I do. I have some predictions. Okay. Let's hear them. Um, I am almost certain this is what's going to happen. Okay. Dean is not going to leave Lindsay. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't know if it's going to be like a, he's going to regret what he did immediately kind of thing, but I don't think he's going to leave Lindsay. I don't know the reasons for that. I, I, you know, maybe it'll be that he realizes he maybe he does feel really guilty about it or he's going to realize his life is just too entangled with Lindsay's to separate or there's families going to convince him not to do it. Is he going to continue to fool around with Rory? I think no at first, but I think that he will try to again and she'll be like, no, you're not leaving Lindsay. Okay. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a less firm prediction than I don't think he's going to leave Lindsay. Anybody else? I think Paris is going to be there for Rory when she finds out about Dean. Finds out about Dean not leaving Lindsay? About her cheating with Dean. Okay. Because I think Paris is going to be like, yeah, you know, you've been there for me when I've done stuff that was like weird and you're my friend. And it's going to be this moment where you're like, oh, Paris is her friend. Like, even though she's like robot that's mean, like she cares about Rory. Or it's going to go the exact opposite. But I, I feel like Paris is going to be there for Rory. Um, I think the inn is going to face some problems. Just generic. Okay. Richard and Emily will reconnect sometime this season. And I think Jason is going to go hard after the family. Hard? Yeah. I think once he finds out that Lorelai's with Luke, he's going to have, like, no reason not to pull out all the stops and, like, sue hard as fuck. And Luke and Lorelai? I mean, I think they're going to be together for a while. I don't think they're going to stay together forever, but I think I think they will date for a while. I don't know if they're going to run into a roadblock this season, but I'm sure they're going to break up at some point and probably get back together. But they, I do think they'll at least date for a while. All right. Those are my predictions. I think Mrs. Kim and, and Lane will make up this season too. I mean, they already kind of started making up. Yeah, what, what are your predictions for Lane? What's she going to do? Well, I mean, I think her band's going to get bigger. Okay. That's all I got. And Kirk is probably going to get another job. You think one more? Just one more. No, at least one more. All right. Predictions locked. Predictions are locked. That's it for Gilmore Girls Season 4. Man. But before we can go into Buffy. We got to do a little bit of something else. And now for a special segment we like to call. Meanwhile Uncharmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. That's right. And now we're going to recap what we think happened on Season 4 of Charmed. Take it away, Stacy. Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 4, Prue, having been killed by the source, continues to exist only in paintings, which is clear to us, the audience. The sisters have a feeling this could be the case, but mostly assume her to be dead. But when she left her body, Prue gave up her part of the power of three to their 20-year-old half-sister, Paige. Same dad, different mom, who is guided through paintings by Prue to her sister's front door. Paige is not great at magic. She makes Piper look good. She makes a lot of mistakes early on that the sisters need to clean up for. She takes the Book of Shadows to her library job to help her co-workers and all the spells backfire. She mixes potions and ends up switching bodies with Phoebe right as evil Chuck Norris happens to be opening a portal between worlds. And she gets them all shrunk down to five inches tall when a gambling-addicted demon named Gamil ropes them into a heist to steal the gem of Tamara so he can predict the future. 
However, the time spent in Phoebe's body makes Paige a little wiser with her magic, and while they're all shrunk, they have a nice family game night with Andy in his cupboard, solidifying Paige's bond with her sisters. Piper was a little tamer this season. Her and Leo are thinking of having a baby, but they're not sure if the baby would be a dog or a human, so they borrowed one of each to practice. She gets shot in the head by two World War II ghosts who come seeking revenge on Leo right before a big business meeting. Luckily, her sisters were able to find her spirit while simultaneously puppeting her body through her meeting, weekend at Bernie Sanders style. Also, the source tapped into her brain, convincing her she was in a mental institution as an attempt to steal her powers, despite building a fence around their yard to keep Leo in and the source out. And this wasn't the only time the source gave them trouble this season. Yeah, he used the hollow, an ancient forbidden vapor, right, to absorb Piper and Paige's powers at the annual good and evil dinner party. He takes the form of a very hot man in order to seduce Paige into carrying his evil spawn. But the sisters eventually vanquish the source and the concept of the source altogether. Yes, Cole and Phoebe plot to masquerade as the source, but their loyalty to the underworld is tested when they're asked to kill Piper and Paige, who are there to stop the coronation. But instead of killing them, they end up killing all the fire-slash-ice-loving demons in a thrust in the underworld into an all-out civil war, so that's maybe something they'll have to deal with. Cole was often being seduced back to the evil side by people like Dog the Bounty Hunter and his wife Cat the Bounty Hunter. They stop a warlock from trapping muses in a ring that was used to inspire the 3D episode of The Drew Carey Show. The sisters help a young runaway firestarter get rich by using his power for good things like controlled firefighter burns, lighting cigarettes for damsels, and lighting birthday candles and dominatrix wax stripping candles. While on, quote, jury service, Ugh. Phoebe helped prove the defendant was innocent after having a vision of him pooping with a newspaper, a vision she continues to have for the rest of her life. Leo, who can apparently time travel, takes Paige back in time to show her it's not her fault her adoptive parents died, but actually the fault of two time-traveling, recklessly driving outlaw ghosts. And Paige gets kidnapped by a vampire queen, but she uses her knowledge of other WB shows, specifically Buffy, to easily defeat her. And this season was actually very graphic for the WB, showing things like a clown being burned alive, Piper's brains being blown out just everywhere, and a fully nude graphic sex scene with Cole and Phoebe, which Prue watches from a painting? Phoebe and Cole get married this season, but not before Phoebe gets cold feet while trying on her wedding dress. So, she casts a pro-con spell, inadvertently conjuring young and old versions of herself who ultimately convince her it's the right decision to marry Cole. Due to Cole's dark past, Piper was also a bit worried about Phoebe and Cole's wedding, so she cast a spell to make sure everyone had a good time. Of course, Piper's spells are gonna backfire, and all the guests are falling in love and proposing to each other. But the spell eventually wears off, and they do get married, just as soon as the mysterious 20s gangster cops leave on the tugboat they arrived in. Toot toot! Shortly after the wedding, Phoebe finds herself super pregnant with the cause whose destiny is to achieve world peace. But the seer thinks she's the one who's supposed to bring about world peace, so she magically steals Phoebe's baby. In order to thank the sisters for vanquishing the source, the Angel of Destiny offers them a choice of destinies, including giving up their powers to live normal lives. But after careful consideration by all of them, they decide to remain charmed ones. Phoebe specifically makes this decision because the angel informs her the only way she can get her baby back is if she remains a witch. But will she? Will Phoebe get her baby back? Guess we'll find out on next season. This is Ben. Meanwhile on Charmed. So, Stacey, I have told you all about my feelings about Gilmore Girls. I would like to know if you could tell us what happened on season four of Buffy. Sure. So, Buffy and Willow are adjusting to college life. Xander is adjusting to life without school. He's got all kinds of jobs, like Kirk. And Giles is adjusting to life without work. He's very adrift. Buffy, after a misstep with Parker, awkwardly starts a relationship with her TA, Riley. 
Oz and Willow are going strong for a while, but Oz eventually leaves town to learn more about his werewolf self after cheating on Willow with a lady werewolf, which crushes Willow. But Willow eventually starts a romantic relationship with another witch named Tara. Xander starts a relationship with former vengeance demon Anya. Spike is back. And after briefly dating Harmony, he gets captured by the initiative and they put a chip in his brain that prevents him from hunting humans. So he's kind of helping the Scoobies all season, but ultimately is still kind of mostly working for his best interest. Right. The big bad of the season is the initiative, which is a government organization that's like capturing and testing stuff on demons. Mm -hmm. led initially by Maggie Walsh, who's also a professor at the university who works closely with Riley. There's a big reveal that all these commandos that have been sneaking around all season are actually like Riley and his friends. And it seems like maybe Buffy can work for the initiative because they're like an organized demon fighting organization, but they don't necessarily all love her because she's kind of not very rulesy and they really are. We find out Maggie Walsh has been building this robot-human-demon hybrid all season named Adam, and he kills her for some reason, and he decides he's going to start a war at the initiative between all the humans and the demons to make a bunch more of him. So the big bad, besides the initiative, absolutely, that's the overall, but like I guess this season's big bad is just Frankenstein in a sense. I mean, it's like a stand-in for Frankenstein, right? That's what they decided to go with. Yeah, And I guess overall, it's just kind of about the friends sort of drifting apart, but ultimately drifting back together and merging into one. Yeah. And then they all share a dream. Yeah, they do. So yeah, a little bit of everything. Did I miss anything major? No, I think you you got most of the stuff. I mean, I think the big theme for this season for me was about identity. Everybody is like trying to figure out who they are. Yeah. Like even Spike and Adam. Yeah. And like even Riley. Every main character is like having an identity crisis the whole season. That's true. So what would you say your top five moments are? What's your number five top moment? Okay. My my number five moment is Giles singing. <laughs> yeah. Specifically the, the first time when they like stumble across him at the open mic and they're all just like in shock. It's very pretty. Yeah. I like that he's singing, but it's also just like the one bright spot in a pretty bad episode. Yeah. For it's sure. in where the wild things are, but. I just got an earring in. Like, it was very shocking. The Scooby's reaction is what really made mm-hmm. it, I feel like. And he just keeps singing even once he sees them. Yeah. But also that other episode where he's singing and Spike just, like, is in the apartment and he gets scared and, like, drops his guitar and <laughs> scream. I was like, we need to watch that again. Can you rewind it, please? Yeah. Loved all that. It was great. I would say my number five is when the fear demon from fear itself finally manifests at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, ten inches tall. Yeah. That was good. I feel like that episode in general was pretty good. Like, Oz has got the little name tag on. He names himself God so that if he turns into their costumes, he can solve everything. Mm -hmm. But just that ending was really funny because it was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah. What's your number four? Well, speaking of Oz, my number four is Willow and Oz's breakup. Mm. That's a good thing for you. It's a favorite moment. It was a well done moment. It was very emotional, that episode. The, their whole saga, really, the season, like the episode where he comes back to kind of wraps it up. But I think especially the episode where he left was like, whoa, this is some intense drama we got to deal with. Yeah. And I thought that it was really well acted and was like believable, a believable situation they had to deal with. I mean, it's an insane situation. He's a werewolf that's trying to figure out how to not be a werewolf. That's not real. But like, it felt real. Well, they treat it real. Mm-hmm. I mean, a breakup for different reasons is real. 
And so you felt like the emotions were real. Yeah. Yeah, it was a powerful part of the season. What's your number four? My number four is, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, it's going to be Buffy not being dead. So Maggie Walsh tries to kill Buffy, and she's, like, telling Riley, like, Buffy's dead. I'm so sorry. And then Buffy just, like, gets on the comm and is like, uh, nah, I'm not. And I'm coming for you. Brian, this is my number three. Oof, I like stealing them from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great moment. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, exactly what Riley needed to, like, not buy into, like, to turn on Maggie Walsh because she was, like, God to him. But this was, like proof that she was not a good person and the way it's revealed is cool like he's he's just there talking to maggie and she's like lying to him and then buffy's like um hello yep. i think he even sees her before she says anything mm-hmm. it's very powerful and cool yeah I'm like whoa buffy's badass yeah she killed those demons she's fucking badass and it's pretty fucked up that maggie watched them have sex yeah i know <laughs> it's gonna be on my not good list <laughs> don't really address that so that was your number three yeah so what's your number three Giles running after Professor Walsh as a demon. Okay. Okay. That's my number two. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That is funny. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to upstage you with these. You do your number one. You should do your number one before I do. No, number. no. We have to do it the right way. You want to talk more about this moment? No, it was just a great moment where Professor Walsh and him had had like a bit of a tiff. Honestly, if you rewatch the episode, I kind of feel like Giles starts it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that scene where Giles goes to confront her in her office is insane. Yeah. He's so crazy in that scene. Yeah. When you say crazy, like, he comes across as not, as nice, but, like, if you think about the context of what's happening, like, just some random dude walking in and being like, I know Buffy, I'm a librarian. Like, what? Who the fuck are you? It's just, like, paranoid nonsense that he's, like, going to check up on, too. I mean, it's not. She's a psychopath, but. It seems that way, though, that it's paranoid nonsense. I will couple with this moment yeah i liked that episode a lot and just all of like spike and giles together in that episode being like really all season spike and giles being like buddies roommates whatever they are like frenemies their their relationship was fun like they don't Mm -hmm. like each other but they were together a lot yeah because neither of them knows what the fuck they're doing right now right i was surprised i didn't have more spike moments on my list because i mean he was very funny all season but it's just like one or two jokes he has. There's no emotional moments with him. This right. Season. They don't stand out as much because they all kind of like blend together as Spike yeah. is this funny character. Like the bear is funny, but it didn't make my list. Yeah. I mean, if this list was just like top five funny moments, he might make one of those. But that's, I mean, that's not what we're doing. Okay. So you do your number one. You deserve to get one out at least. I'm afraid my number two will be your number one. So no, you do your number two. You do your number two. Okay, you sure? Yeah, I, there's no way it's mine. I don't know if that's true, but I don't think it is. It's when um, Faith is in Buffy's body, and she's, like, beating herself up, and she's, like, saying that she's evil murderer. Like, that moment where she's, like, realizing that, like, she's changing. In the church? Yeah. It's sort of, like, a culmination of moments, because there was, like, all these moments with, like, Faith sort of, like, realizing what, you know, that she's she's wrong. yeah. And like honestly, that I, I wish that fight could make this list because that fight between her and Buffy is really good. But just like this moment of like, oh man, Faith is changed. This is like a moment for Faith. Uh, I liked that a lot. So that's your number two. So I say my number one now. Yep. I was worried for a second because mine is similar. <laughs> oh okay. But I went with Buffy in Faith's body showing up at Giles' place, trying to convince him that she's Buffy. Mm-hmm. I do think that Sarah did. They both did great, but I think that Sarah did a better job acting as Faith and had a lot more to do, and, like, all of her moments 
were great. Yeah. But I, I just really enjoyed the scene. Yeah. It was funny. I mean, to be fair, I think Faith has got more like little character ticks than Buffy does. So it's like probably easier to replicate those maybe. Right. I almost wonder if they didn't like Sarah do the scene, Faith watch. Or oh, that's a great Eliza thought. watch and just copy it. Yeah, I wonder. Th- that seems easier than just like doing an impression from memory mm-hmm. to like watch them do it a couple times and kind of learn what they would do. Because mm-hmm. it was so good. They're mimicking of each other. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I do think Sarah did a better job than Eliza. But this scene was really cool. I thought it was just like a great job by Sarah all around this episode. I was just like, oh, you you can act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, mm-hmm. You're good. Not that I ever think she can act. I, I feel like we've seen it several times. But when she does something like this, you're like, oh, that's some like meaty, juicy acting you're doing right now. Yeah, that's my number one. Well, my number one is just like all of Adam. He was just so cool. Like such a great villain. I don't and believe you. It's just all of Hush. I mean, mm. <laughs> like Hush was great. I, re- I specifically have down the vibe of Hush. Yeah. Because Hush was like, we're doing a horror movie, guys. Like Buffy's a horror show. And I feel like season one and two of Buffy did more of the like, we're in a horror movie. It would oscillate between like campy horror movie in some episodes to like, no, this is a horror movie and we sprinkled some jokes in, but like, it's scary. The puppet show is a good example of that mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's like very ominous actually. But like season four kind of hasn't had an episode like that. And Hush is definitely funny, but like it still had the vibe of like, no, there's just some scary ass monsters coming for you right now. And the creature design was great and the music was great and the atmosphere was great. So it's just, I mean, everyone's going to tell you Hush is great and they're right. My number six, like the one that didn't quite make the list, was just the gentleman's first like entrance of Hush. Mm-hmm, that, that whole mm-hmm. sequence where they're like floating down the street. Yeah. It's all very cool. Yeah. Watching that episode, you're like, oh, this is like special. Yeah. They really thought about everything about this episode. Yeah. Everyone was excited about this episode and not the ones between it. Or after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any honorable moments you want to throw out there? So honorable mentions, like the whole Jonathan episode was like a really fun concept. I loved that they added him to the credits of his episode. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like very clever and very funny. The episode itself did not blow me away, but like that was really fun. And honestly, a lot of the jokes in the background, like Jonathan posters and stuff, was very funny. Yeah, I agree. I I like the concept of that one more than I actually liked the episode. Yeah, the execution just didn't work somehow. Thinking back on it, I I didn't love it as a whole. Mm -hmm. Maybe because the monster wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, honorable moments for me we didn't mention Angel not liking Riley like saying he doesn't like him yeah Riley being late for church was so funny (laughs) yeah yeah it's that scene where he's at the church of the vampires and he's like in a suit and they're like oh are you like here as part of the initiative or whatever and he's like no I was just late to church (laughs) so funny um rat Amy getting briefly turned into a human for like a second yeah Giles being super into Halloween yeah, those are all very funny bits. Yeah, th- those are the ones that didn't quite. The make bear. It. The bear. The bear. It, something blue, honestly, was a very fun episode too. Yeah. Well, we did it for Gilmore. Should we say our our least favorite moments of Buffy too? We should. We should. Yeah. I'll go first. Mine is the whole caveman sequence in Beer Bad. Yeah. I think I've decided I like Beer Bad less than Where the Wild Things Are. Beer Bad sucks. It's a bad episode. Yeah. It's beer bad. And just to make it clear, in beer bad, if you guys don't remember, this guy, it's just like we find out some guy just happens to mention the barkeep that like he knows a warlock, like his brother-in-law's a warlock or something, who made a special beer that he gives to like smart like, asshole frat dudes. And no one stops him. He's, yeah. he's potentially still doing it. His bar did burn down. 
But like, yeah, he could still be doing it. But then, like you said, and what you didn't like about it was that we just watched like cavemen men like run around a bunch. And it's like, that's not that fun to watch. It goes on for so long. Yeah. Also, did his bar burn down? The coffee shop burns down. Oh, I thought that was his bar. No, it's like the coffee shop where Parker and Willow were. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's probably still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Xander's like, okay, I guess, cool. You're doing that. I got to go save my friends. And then we don't deal with the fact that this guy is just poisoning people. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sure he'll show up again. (laughs) Season five is all about that guy. What's your least favorite moment? Okay, so, I mean, there's a lot. Season four is not my favorite season of Buffy. I love Buffy. I love it. But honestly, I would say it's like on my bottom rung of seasons. However, rewatching it, I do think there's a lot that's really good that I didn't appreciate as much the first time through. And I think that was because of my age at the time. I wasn't going to college, so I wasn't, like, relating as hard to it. Since then, though, I do think there's a lot of good things in season four. However, there's, uh, there's just, like, so many things I want to talk about that, which is that really let me down. Adam's whole master plan was so dumb. But honestly, I could nitpick all of these things. But the thing that bothered me the most is Sunday. I didn't like Sunday either. I almost put that on here. Instead, I put that surfer dude. Who Sunday's a minion? Yeah, he really annoyed me. But that first episode wasn't very good. Yeah, and the thing about Sunday is that, like, people argue, and the point was, like, oh, Buffy's going to college, and she's got some self-doubt, and, like, you know, used to be the big fish, like Rory, and now you're the small fish. But it's like, no, Buffy's still a big-ass fucking fish as far as vampires are concerned. Like, she killed the master. She killed Kakistos. I don't remember if her or Faith killed Kakistos, but she was part of it. Like, she's one vampire, just a regular vampire, is not a match for Buffy. The end. Right. I feel like I've heard people argue that Sunday used to be a slayer. I don't know if that's Some canon. people have said that, but it's not been canonized. And Buffy didn't say ever, like, wow, she's like a strong vampire. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so I just sort of hated that Buffy didn't immediately kill Sunday. That and Maggie Walsh's death. I had, I'm sorry. I had to throw it in there. Maggie Walsh's death was so like, well, she's dead. We're done with her. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't really make sense that he killed her. I still don't really understand why. Yeah. I mean, I think the actress had to leave the show for some reason. And they were like, uh, killer, we'll deal with it later. I do have a couple things I've been thinking about that I would like to discuss. Sure. Ethan's warning to Giles about 314. I remember you saying that didn't really make sense, and it doesn't. Yeah. He's like, the demons have been talking about 314, but would they have known? Like, Adam wasn't awakened yet, so no one would have been telling them. The only one who escaped was Spike, and I don't think he knew about 314. Right. So what? who's, like, getting out in the wild and talking about 314? But also, it's just a fucking room. Yeah. Like, do they know that Adam is in there? Like, they're probably like, hey, the whole initiative is the problem that I'm afraid of. Right. That, like, big old operating table in the middle of the, the room is what I'm afraid of, not some back room where they keep a dude. Mm-hmm. Also, at the end of the Yoko Factor, Adam tells Spike he can get his chip out, but he needs one more thing. And it's implied that that thing is Riley, because the next thing that happened is he shows up at the end of the episode. Yeah. But, like, what did that have to do with Spike's chip? Like, him getting Riley wasn't part of the deal, and then he doesn't take Spike's chip out when Riley shows up. Yeah, it's true. That felt like like a mistake direct. A mistake direct. You know, like... No, yeah. Spike had nothing to do with Riley showing up. Right. I mean, I guess he, in the next episode, was like, well, Buffy's got to show up to make sure you did your thing. So that could have been, like... On the condition that you did fulfill the requirements I have put forth to you, meaning Buffy's going to show up here without your without her friends. Yeah. And I have Riley. We're set to go. But, but I feel like the episode made us think it was yeah. Riley, which is a lie. I agree. What was the point of drugging the boys? I don't know. Just that they were just doing tests on people? I don't know. 
like the fact that they were taking vitamins and stuff didn't really matter. No, not in season four. It did not. Why did Maggie watch Riley sleep with Buffy? <laughs> I mean, she's like a weird control freak, so that sort of made sense to me. It's just disappointing that, like, he didn't ever find out about that or, like, there weren't consequences for that. Yeah. So it's such a big thing. Why do they pose as frat guys? I know we've talked about this and how it doesn't make sense. It just, it really doesn't. It doesn't make sense. There's so many, like, the, the initiative, so the question we've raised before, are they college students who were, like, drafted into this secret military operation? Like, how old are they? Which I don't think is the truth because Riley... It seems like he maybe has done more before this. Mm-hmm. Or are they military people posing as frat members? In which case, why are they having parties and stuff? I feel like you try to just be very low key. Yeah. Why go to class and stuff? Like, this is their job. Just yeah, focus just on that. Yeah, just live in the town. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why does Riley have a chip? We, we maybe talked about that. I, I don't know. And then the initiative's problems don't make any sense. They're like, we've got too many in the cages. Okay, we'll kill some of them. Because, like, you've implied that you've already shown that you don't care if you kill some of them. And just... Riley. I mean, I guess I I didn't know that he would make it through the season. I mean, I don't know that he deserves to die, but I don't know that he deserves to go to season five either. Well, that's the thing, right? He's not a bad person at all. He's probably like the most noble, like Captain America type dude, right? Yeah. But he's just because of that. He's just so bland. He's just like it's like lukewarm water. I'm like, yeah, this water's not burning my mouth, not freezing my lips, but it's also very bland. Like the moment that didn't quite make my list was that whole scene where he like realized he wanted to court Buffy. That was so weird, so dumb. The way Forrest was behaving in that episode, like encouraging yeah. it, and then he like hates Buffy two episodes later. Yeah, we are pretty much done with the initiative. I mean, what? There's more. They cemented it over supposedly. That's what they said, yeah. I mean, honestly, I do probably want to know more about it, but sorry, I just, as I've been editing these last few, I've had a lot of questions I've been writing down about some of these last episodes that just don't make sense. I mean, I, I feel like this show, this season, struggled, like, trying to find something for Giles to do. That sort of became his plot, like, what is mm-hmm. his purpose? Same with Xander. But I, I feel like it did have a bunch of funny episodes, and it's definitely found its footing as far as, it's like, visual style, I feel like. I think this is the like prettiest season so far. Sure. I like it more than season one. Yeah. And I was excited about the premise of the initiative. I thought that was cool. But I, I really was like hoping they would do more with like psychology on demons. Like, can we rehabilitate demons? Like, that's where I felt like I was going. Yeah. I also kind of, I've, I've said this several times already, but like, I feel like there were some things about Adam that were really cool. But like, honestly, we saw him so little. That we didn't even get to know him, and his plan was just so, what? That's your plan? That's what this whole season's about? Did you say that it was supposed to be about, like, male-female themes? So, I mean, I don't I don't remember enough of this to really, like, tell you authoritatively about it, and, like, it's not how I felt about it, but from what I remember, some people talking about how the season was about how, like, the initiative was sort of like a stand-in for, like, the masculine approach to trying to deal with the supernatural, which is, like, put everything in, like, little boxes and label it and name it and, like, try to control it with, like, science and technology, but, like, that doesn't work because the supernatural is inherently, like, emotion and that it doesn't follow these rules and it's more, like, in tune with the feminine side, so, like, Buffy can handle it, but, like, the masculine side can't really handle it. That doesn't come across at all. Yeah, I, I, again, that could just be wrong, but I remember some people talking about that, and maybe I'm paraphrasing it wrong, and I'm explaining it incorrectly, so I'm not gonna pretend to be an expert on it, but that's what I remember people talking about. Like, now that you're saying that, I mean, I can see that, but I, if that was what they wanted us to feel, I don't get that impression. I mean, the initiative's initially run by a woman. Right, that's true. 
I, but I also feel like that whole idea that like I don't feel like the government handled this demon stuff well. I don't. None of it was believable. Like the government's been around a long time. I don't believe that they've never heard of demons until the initiative showed up. I also don't believe that they wouldn't like hire people like from the Watchers Council or like witches that exist to help them contain or deal yeah. with these demons. They'd be hiring Buffy. They'd be finding Buffy. Exactly. And if not Buffy, other like like other witches or other people that are knowledgeable about these things, you know? If every goddamn person in LA seems to know that supernatural exists, how come no one in the government does? Yeah, absolutely. Like every person we meet on Angels, like, oh yeah, you mean the demon uh, fighting ring that we all go to every Thursday? <laughs> they know like six species of demon, you know? Yeah. In Angel, it's just such a bigger part of everyone's everyday life, it seems. Yeah, totally. Well, Brian, what do you think is the best episode of Buffy season four? Hush. Yeah, I have Hush too. Yeah, I mean, it's the best. I, I do think the Restless was very interesting and fun, and mm-hmm. I liked that they did that. And there's some other good episodes, but I mean, it's clear to everyone who's seen season four, Hush is the best episode. Yeah. I, I From what I gathered, it's maybe the best episode of Buffy. I don't think that's true. Okay. I really don't think that's true. I was looking at a list of best season four episodes, and the little blurb indicated that it's a lot of people's favorites overall. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that everyone's seen all seven seasons though, but I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a great episode for sure. But it's 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 not it's not it's not the I won't even think it's the best we've seen so far. Oh yeah, you might be right. I really liked a new man a lot, mm-hmm. where Giles was a demon. I liked Who Are You? That was a really good one. Yeah, and and Restless too. Those are my tops that made my list. But it, yeah. it's it's got to be Hush, right? Yeah, well, we don't just because everyone else loves it doesn't mean we can't also love it. Uh, do you have any predictions for season five? I truly don't. We've been talking about being excited to watch Gilmore Girls because we need answers. Like it ended on such a cliffhanger where Buffy was like, well, that chapter's done. We don't know what's next. <laughs> I mean, I think that Michelle Trachtenberg's coming. Mm-hmm. I think she's Buffy's sister. These aren't really predictions. I just know these but things But Buffy doesn't true. have a sister. Yeah, I mean, how that's possible, I don't know, but... Okay, you think she's Buffy's sister. They keep saying little sister. Okay, but we know Buffy doesn't have a sister. Do we know that? Yeah. We have been told Buffy doesn't have a sister. Okay. You asked me a question. I'm, I'm just predicting things. Okay, I mean, you. Th- okay, you think Buffy's going to have a... Even though Buffy doesn't have a sister, you think Michelle Drakenberg's going to be this sister. That's your prediction. Yes. Okay. I feel like Spike is going to have something happen. Like, I, I don't know. I think he's going to... You got to do more than that, huh? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> something with Spike. Dean's going to do something. I feel like Spike's leaning good, and I don't exactly know what's going to happen to him. Sure. Um, I think we're going to find out some shit about Tara, because there's still some unanswered questions about her. Okay. I think Anya might go evil again. Oh, Interesting. I hope that Giles does some cool shit. It's really hard to say anything specifically because Gilmore Girls follows rules, <laughs> you know? Right, like, right, right. They have relationships. They go to work and school. It's not like, you know, Giles might become a demon forever. <laughs> like, like, right. That could happen. I feel like Giles will find something big and important to do. Okay. And like really be there for Buffy during some dark times. I think it'll be a dark season. Oh, And okay. I think we're going to go to the Glorificus Mansion. <laughs> Because of the board game we have, and mm-hmm. it says there's a location called Glorificus's Mansion. No, well, it's just a dream I had, and I predicted it. Okay, well, I don't know about this Glorificus's Mansion. I don't remember if that's even who's Glorificus. I don't know. Wait, who it's that a is, person. But, well, it's Glorificus's Mansion. It just says Glorificus Mansion. That could be an adjective. Oh, right. So I, it doesn't sound like a character name. I guess man, that's Spoilers. what was confusing to me. 
Spoilers. There's no spoilers. We heard your batshit crazy predictions about Buffy having a sister, which doesn't make sense. But um, They're going to make a lot of beds. (laughs) They're going to make a bunch of beds. Oh, oh, and Willow's going to do a lot of spells. Sure. And it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark? Mm -hmm. Her spells? Okay. Okay. I feel like you've read into this a lot, but uh, we'll find out what happens, I guess. Some of these are based on pictures I've seen, and some is based on what needs to happen. Sure. So, Stacey, which season do you think was better? Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I mean, I think it's clear. Gilmore yeah. Girls. I feel like we we voted kind of mixed. Like, there were some not great Gilmore episodes and some really good Buffy episodes. but Totally, but Gilmore just had a much better arc yeah. for the season. And such a strong finish, too. Yeah. Buffy kind of petered out a little. There, there were good Buffy episodes here and there throughout. I agreed. But as far as the actual math of how we voted... We each voted for 10 Buffies and 12 Gilmores. Mm. Wasn't always the same ones. I think we split like four times. We mostly voted together, but it ended up evening out in the end. Bringing the overall totals to you voting for 43 Buffies and 36 Gilmores, and me voting for 42 Gilmores and 37 Buffies. Wow. So we're both still voting for our own show a bit more, but it's it's tightened up a bit. Yeah. Last season, I had Gilmore like three ahead, and you had Buffy like... Nine ahead? So you you especially have narrowed yours a bit. They're both good shows, boo. I'm having a good time. They are good shows, totally. And um, Gilmore has uh, won me over. I mean, it won me over a while ago, but season four is very strong. You you think Gilmore's a better show than Buffy now? I don't. I think Buffy's got a lot of great shit coming up. (sighs) And it sounds like Gilmore might go downhill. No, no. We'll see what happens. People say that, but people also hate Jason. So I'm excited to watch six and seven with my old goddamn adult eyes. It's just mainly about Jason, I'm guessing. (laughs) No, there's a lot of stuff to come in Gilmore. And I think season five is a good season. Great. I think season five above you is a great season. Well, guys, if you want to watch along next week, we'll be starting in season five of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season five, episode one, Buffy vs. Dracula. Kind of huh? gives away what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Buffy's titles are generally pretty vague, but not that Episode one. two is called Buffy and her sister Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy does not have a sister. We'll also be watching Gilmore Girls season five, episode one, Say Goodbye to Daisy Miller. In the meantime, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on season four of both shows. Tell us which season was better. Where are we wrong? What did we get wrong? What did we get right? Yeah, were these good seasons? What were your favorite episodes and moments? Which did you think was better? You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches based on each episode, and more. Or you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an E-Y. For more bonus content, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Stacy, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel. We host monthly live stream watch parties of Buffy and Gilmore Girls. We post outtakes and we share early extended episode previews every week. And shout out to our new Patreon subscribers, Jason Hess, Jonathan Helland, Eden, Stephen Nascimento, LilyBunny89, Nicole A., Natasha Van Petten, and Celine Hughes. Thank you. And for more non-podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. If you want to support us, you can by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode description and our social media bios. Or you can uh, buy some wine through Wink and make sure to use our promo code, Gilmore Slayer. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast if you do so. Should we go watch season five? We gotta go watch it right now. I want to see what happens with Dragula. <laughs> Kurt did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Bye. See you next season. Bye.